I'm Jonathan Schooler. I'm a professor of psychological and brain sciences here at the University of California, Santa Barbara. And uh, I study a whole lot of different things, but one of my major interests is mind wandering. So there's sort of three general categories of things that we've looked at in terms of mind wandering. The first is its costs. How does mind wandering interfere with people's abilities in various different situations? And we find that it's quite costly that um, if people are mind-wandering while reading, that it substantially interferes with their ability to process and remember what they've read. Uh, that people actually mind-wander while taking tests, even challenging tests, and mind-wandering while taking such tests dramatically affects people's performance on that. We've also looked at mind-wandering in situations such as um, pilots. We've been working with NASA and found that uh, pilots routinely mind-wander Happily, most of our research suggests that with pilots, they are very good at mind-wandering at the right times. They know when it's a situation that they have to be paying close attention, and then they really are very much on task. But other times, they know that it's okay, and uh, they're more inclined to mind-wander. So we know that mind-wandering doesn't have to be disruptive. There actually are situations in which it's, it's not costly. And that leads to the second uh, pr primary line of research that we've been investigating, which is if mind-wandering can be so costly, why do people do it so much? And the answer seems to be that there's a number of circumstances in which mind-wandering can be quite helpful. One for which there's been lots of anecdotal evidence, but we've been getting to document, is for creativity. There are lots of examples of scientists sort of describing themselves, you know, the prototypical scientist with his uh, mind in the clouds and uh, just sort of wandering along daydreaming and suddenly having some idea. And we find that mind-wandering is useful in creative contexts. We've done studies looking at something known as the incubation process. We give people a creativity task, such as trying to come up with as many uses as they can for a brick or for a hanger. And then we give them various different breaks. And during the break, they can either have a very engaging task, which is challenging to mind-wander, or a less engaging task, which mind-wandering is more possible, or no break at all. And we find that when you give people a non-demanding task, that this seems to be especially useful for facilitating the incubation break and helping them come up with new creative uses later. In a very recent study, we've been looking at creative scientists and creative writers and looking to see when they have their creative ideas. So they keep a, a journal every day at the end of the day saying if they had an idea and if so, when they had it. And what we found is that both of these groups, uh, about a third of their ideas happen while they're mind wandering. And interestingly, we found, although overall they don't find their ideas that they had while mind-wandering any more creative than the ones that they had at work, they're no less. And in many ways, that's pretty striking too. If the idea that you have you know, while gardening is as good as the one that you have at your desk, that tells you something. But we also find that the ideas that they have when they're mind-wandering are more likely to be an aha kind of solution, something where they really were not expecting it, and more likely to involve overcoming an impasse. Other Places where mind-wandering may be useful is to help overcome boredom to something known as dishabituation. So if I say chair, 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 it stops having any meaning, something called semantic satiation. And we find that mind-wandering may help to prevent this habituation, that if you mind-wander when you're hearing chair, you can, it gains its meaning back again. So those are some of the benefits. And then the third aspect of our um, research has been on the regulation of mind wandering. How can we get people to uh, mind wander when it's not going to be problematic and how can we get them to really be on task when they need to be? And one thing that we found to be very helpful here is 
mindfulness training, teaching people to be present focused, to, and when you can do that through training and meditation in which they focus on their breath and, and try to uh, just watch their breath come in and out. And when they notice their mind wander, they just gently bring it back. We found that a two-week training class in mindfulness was able to dramatically reduce mind wandering and improve both reading performance and working memory performance. And the benefit in these cognitive tasks was influenced by the amount they mind wandered. So they mind wandered less and that helped them to do better on the tasks.